This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Bolts Broadcast, a podcast all about the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, as a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Of course, my name is Mike Mitchelson, Chase Crawshaw joining me. How you doing? I'm doing pretty great. Uh, I'm feeling good. Had, had some fun last night, but I'm feeling good the day after. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. Had a lot of fun last night. And the last two or three episodes, I, I mentioned how... You know, we had some fun the night before, but then weren't feeling great the next day uh, when we were recording. But, hey, I think we're both feeling absolutely stupendous today. Did a nice job of handling ourselves last night to, to so. the point where we uh, are just feeling spectacular this morning. So, hopefully you guys are feeling spectacular as well. We're going to come at you with some Tampa talk, some overall playoff talk, and, of course, talk about... Uh, the five overtimes that we saw in our first matchup against yeah. the Columbus Blue Jackets. But yeah, we've had nothing exciting to talk about this this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's just get her right on started and uh, talk about some news first. So first up, we're going to talk about the NHL playoff format that we saw this year and if it might continue next year. Answer is no. It will not continue next year. The Perfect. NHL, <laughs> the NHL has decided... At least for right now, they do not expect to keep this playoff format. You know, it's been fun. It gives us a little more hockey, a little more unexpected. But in a, in a full season, this many teams competing for the like for the playoffs at this point, it seems a little much to me. The NHL agrees. You know, I've always been someone who's kind of been in favor of letting in two more teams and let's let seeds 7 through 10 play out for those final two spots because those teams are usually so close anyway. So if there's something like that, you know, I'd be fine with it. But having what is that, eight extra teams total get in at, compared to just the four like I want? It's it's a little much. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I mean, I, I love it and all that hockey's back and we got to see all this, but I, I think the main takeaway for me is that it absolutely destroys the draft lottery if they were to keep something like this. Uh, I, I absolutely do not like that. However, if they did keep something like this, take them completely out of the yeah. draft lottery. And then that way the odds for the worst team in the league get better. Yep. And, uh, you know, we could see something like that. But that's a that's a whole league change. That's not just a, a small, you know, playoff thing. So oh, yeah. um, I, I would agree that I, I would like to go back to the 16-team playoff format. But if they did put in a little, uh, you know, three-game wild card head-to-head to see who makes it into the actual playoffs, then, you know, that's cool with me. I don't really care. But, uh um, just happy we got hockey back. Exactly. Whatever way it took, you know, we exactly. got it back. And even if it's not going to stay, that's completely fine with me. For sure. All right, let's now talk about the first overall pick. We got the second phase of the draft lottery. And honestly, it wasn't the worst, but at the same time, I'm still not a fan. Yeah, the New York Rangers won the first overall pick. I'm just happy that one of those teams that have had either – the blessing of having trillions of first overall picks like the Oilers or one of these teams that have all this talent ready, like the Penguins or the Leafs didn't get it because that all it does is make things worse for the league, really. You want one of the teams that are still like rebuilding to get it. And the Rangers aren't 
they're in a weird spot because they're kind of rebuilding. They're kind of more retooling than anything. Uh, they don't really need wingers. Lafreniere, they're still going to obviously happily take him first overall. He's going to be used in that lineup very heavily, I would assume. But, like, they really need center more than anything. That thing, that's their number one need. So, I, I don't know. Like, they're going to take Lafreniere. They're not taking Byfield or Stutz or anything first overall. They're, you just can't do that. He's he's still going to a team. He's going to a team in a big market. Uh, you know, people are saying the fix is on as the guy dropping the balls into the little like lottery thing. He accidentally dropped the Rangers once too early. It's like, oh, weighted ball, got a magnet or something pulling it up. So maybe that happened. I don't know. Maybe the NHL find a way to rig it, even right in front of our own eyes. I don't know. But as as you said, it could have been worse. So I don't really have much issue. That guy's face was hilarious when he when he dropped the ball right in front of the commissioner. He just I know. so much disappointment He's like, in oh, his face. Oh god, oh god, oh god. It was just fantastic. <laughs> I feel for him, but at the same time I thought it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Oh my gosh, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I got a good chuckle out of it. Um but yeah, when it comes to the Rangers getting the first pick, I am not the biggest fan because I think the Rangers already had one of the brightest futures in the NHL. I think uh, it was either just us talking, maybe I said it on the podcast, but uh, I, I think the Rangers have at least one Stanley Cup in their future within the next decade, in the in the 2020s era. You would think so. so. Uh, I thought that, you know, before they got Lafreniere, and now they get Lafreniere, so um, not very happy about that, just because I feel like they could be one of those teams that could make a dynasty out of themselves. Maybe they can pick up two or three or maybe even more. Very unlikely, but uh, it could be the case. So uh, that's why I didn't like it. I mean, they already had Kapokako, Vitaly Kravtsov, Adam Fox, and so much more. I would have rather seen him go to, like, Minnesota or uh, even Florida. So Well, not Minnesota. That's boring, but, like, it is, Florida would have been fine. It is, but, like, it's boring, but I would have been like, okay, whatever, it's fine. Where when I went to the Rangers, like it's more exciting, but at the same time, I'm like, but they already had such a good future. Yeah. If anything, like a team like the Preds would have been fine with me. That's where, like, a team that has always struggled with that. No. Why? Why are you such a Preds fan? Because they can never get offensive talent in the draft. They're, their forwards are always so trash. Why are you on a Tampa show? It seems like you're a Preds fan. I'm not a Preds <laughs> fan. I'm just saying, of all the teams that are eligible, I feel like that's one that would just be, like, the best fit. Okay. Go in and be a first-line left winger right away. I feel like the last three weeks, all of our fans are listening like, dude, this Chase guy, he's a closet Preds fan. You know what? I've been thinking the same thing. Because I talked about him once, maybe twice. Like, at least every time we talk yeah, about the draft sure. lottery. All right. And all around topic, talking about Alexi Lafreniere, he also has said that he will not report to a team up until he gets drafted. So, Ramuski, they're planning on starting their season. Like, the QMJHL is October 1st. Uh, that means he would be, uh, what's it called? He, he would be playing then, but he has said, no, he's going to sit out, train, and prepare for the NHL. You know, he's going to go first overall. He's going to report to the Rangers. He's going to make the team, and the rest is history. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, then then the ball starts rolling for this Rangers team. And Indeed. Unfortunately, I think when we just saw we just saw the last of uh, Henrik Lundqvist in a Rangers jersey. So probably I, I think the future is very bright for this Rangers team, and I wish they could bring Henrik Lundqvist with them to grab a Stanley Cup if they are on their way to that because I just love Henrik Lundqvist. I think he's one of the best of all time. 
Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's out of New York after this year, and that's unfortunate. But It is. It is what it is. All right, well, now we're on the topic of goalies. Let's talk about uh, Tuka Rask. And this is a, a little polarizing, I'll be honest, because uh, obviously there's uh, different thoughts with this certain scenario. Uh, Chase, why don't you get into the scenario and then give us some of your feelings on it? So I'm going to have a rundown of a couple of days leading up to it. So uh, Tuka Rask is giving an interview. And he said something along the lines of, you know, this does not feel like playoff hockey. Uh, I don't think it's playoff hockey. First of all, if you don't think that's playoff hockey, just because fans aren't there, that's probably on you and your team and your coaching staff for not getting you in that mentality because the other teams are sure off, sure as hell playing playoff hockey. Pretty much all the other teams are. They look like they're in that, and the Bruins really don't. Now they're Tuca. And then a couple days later, Tuca decides he's going to opt out. It's really bad timing. He says he's doing it, you know, for his family. If that was really the case, I, I don't get why you even went to the bubble in the first place. Why wouldn't you just opt out from the beginning? I don't know. It's I don't want to speculate too much. I don't want to accuse. It's a really weird situation. It just The signs do not look good. They look like a guy who was quitting on his team more than anything. You know, I hope that – I don't want to say I hope that there was a bigger circumstance that made him leave because I don't want to root for anyone having, like, any health issues. But I just hope there's a better reason than him just quitting on his team. Yeah, and that's – that's the one thing. He said he wanted to be with his family, and that's totally understandable. For me, outside of God, family is the most important thing. You know, I would thump Chase on the head right now and leave him to go see family if they if they needed it or if I just felt like seeing family. Family is the number why, one. Why do you need to thump me on the head? Why don't you just leave? Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> um So, like, obviously we understand that, and it's, you know, totally cool to um, – leave your position or you know if he wanted to opt out before the uh bubble happened to be with his family totally cool the one problem for me and i believe for you too is the timing of it because even if he didn't have that statement you know he's already in it he already committed to it like if it's if it's just because like you miss your family it does kind of seem like there's i don't know i don't want to say weakness but it does seem like he just has different priorities and doesn't really care if the if the team loses him or something so like 100% understand that family is the most important thing but with the timing of it it really does make it seem like he's quitting on the team and that's something that is especially in the competitive world if you're the coach or if you're the players and you see it that way you're going to have a very, very bad response to a very bad experience and uh, and thinking of Tua or Tuka and stuff. So, um, you know, it's tough for Boston and uh, tough for Tuka. Tuka's only got one more year after this playoffs, and I honestly don't see a return if it was the case of him just, you know, leaving because he, he missed his family and kind of giving up his commitment to the uh, to the team. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much hit all the points on the head. Uh, I got to agree. Just, I don't know. It's it's just such a weird situation. It's so tough too, because like we don't want to come out and say like, oh, he's a terrible person. He just quit on his team and stuff. Because obviously, if it's a family thing, he's got to go. But at the same time, if it's just that like he misses his family, there's kind of a difference between that. And, you know, already making this commitment to his brothers, to his teammates, you know. 
it's it's just a, such a hard situation. I kind of wish we got more information on it, but uh, it is what it is as of right now. Um, so off of that, we now get to some. This this is really more of a, a a chase segment. I'll let him take it away. He's a little bit frustrated right now, which is understandable, but uh, he he definitely wants to voice some of his opinions right now. So I'm someone who is very against wishing injury. You know what, Chase? Let's do this. Move it closer to me. There we go. Perfect. So I'm someone who is very against hoping for injury or, you know, saying, ha, you got injured. What any Anyone who's, like, bashing someone who got injured or, like, saying you deserve it, like, that's garbage. Jack Edwards is the king of the freaking circus. This guy, time and time again, has embarrassed himself on Twitter, on broadcast, you know, like the Roman Pollock injury, yet again the other night with Svechkov injury, which is what I'm going to get into. He just he likes to make a clown of himself. I don't get how he still has a job. Uh, you know, he tweets this the other day, or would that be yesterday technically? What NBC is, hasn't shown yet regarding the unfortunate injury to Svechnikov, the Carolina wing playing hobby horse, riding Chara on the back apron of the goal. You poke the bear, you take your chances. No one wanted to see Svechnikov hurt, but he bit off more than he can chew. Him saying no one wants to see Svechkov hurt, that's him just trying to cover his ass. Jack Edwards says this type of bullshit all the time. He's saying, oh, you know what? You're going to mess with Chara. You deserve to get hurt. You deserve to have a possible, like, career-altering type of injury. Like, leg injuries, knee injuries are no joke in sports like hockey, sports like football, where you're constantly moving. You really need your legs at full power because if you lose that speed, you're going to lose a step. You're going to lose your skill. You're going to lose your production. So just bashing a guy for getting injured and saying that he deserved it, absolute Bush League joke move. Jack Edwards is getting ripped deservedly on Twitter. I don't get how this guy still has a job. It's pathetic to me. It's embarrassing. He's embarrassing to the NHL. He's embarrassing the Boston Bruins. He's embarrassing to the media. Yeah, definitely a a tough, tough tweet to make out there. And obviously you said it, and it it, it relies to both of us that, you know, we don't like seeing uh players get injured we don't hope for players to get injured or anything like even if it's the worst player on earth like uh, we were not big fans of milan lucic uh when he was with the boss bruins still would never wish anything like that no. on someone so hell no um yeah not a great situation with jack edwards and uh now we want to talk about mike milbury as well because uh He's made some comments too. Uh, one, uh, you might have different comments uh, that you want to hit on, but one specifically that I didn't like is in the five overtime game with the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Tampa Bay Lightning. He said, "Let's get three on three or a shootout or something." It's like, dude, it's playoffs. What the hell is that? No, I don't want to see a shootout in the playoffs to determine a series. If it's a five overtime game in Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals, we're not going to watch it go to a freaking shootout. That's stupid. So, um, really not liking those comments from Mike Milbury. Uh, Chase, you might have some different thoughts. I obviously agree with that part. Uh, another thing, during that whole overtime, he's you could tell how pissed off, annoyed he was as it kept going. Dude, if you don't want to talk about hockey, then quit your job. You're a loser anyway. What hockey player goes into the stands and grabs a guy with a shoe and beats him with it? A loser. That's who, Mike Milbury. I don't get how you haven't lost your job yet. When you said, oh, no fans in the stands, it's like a women's hockey game. Who the hell says that? Yeah, he said that. Who the hell says that? A moron. I've been to women's hockey games. I've been to USA vs. Canada women's game. One of the best hockey games I've ever been to. One of the best environments I've ever been in. Place is crowded. Good hockey game. I enjoyed it. So to just go and say, oh, women's hockey, no fans. Go look at the NWHL. They constantly sell out their arenas. 
I he's so garbage. His analysis is irrelevant. It's stupid. It's the most generic, bland thing that the average hockey fan, the below average hockey fan, could probably like say. If you want to like have a job and like have that job, you know, care a little bit, give a little more insight, try to give us you know into the mind of a former player, a former coach, and a former GM. Three things that well, player you were fine, GM you were horrible, coach you were horrible. And then now, as a media guy, you are even more horrible. I just, I am so done with Mike Billerbury, so done with Jack Edwards. There's so many better people at our level or above, especially above our level too, like working junior hockey or minor leagues or working college, that are so much better at this job than these people. But because they have the name, they, you know, some of these guys played in the NHL, they get these jobs. It's such an freaking old boys club, not even just with teams, in the media it is too. And there's so many better people that deserve those jobs that just don't get them, and it pisses me off. Yeah, absolutely, and that was something that was super noticeable uh, in his commentary in that five-overtime game. He did sound very frustrated. He did sound like he just wasn't interested in being there anymore, and I get it. It's a five- to six-hour game, but at the same time, if you love hockey and you're excited to talk about the games, you're excited to you know see what happens, like, you don't need to be some freaking lame ass, I guess. The guy was just moping around the whole time. So um, I get the frustration coming from Chase out of both of these guys. And uh, will we see a change? I don't know. Um, really, it's uh, on the NHL and then, of course, on the Boston Bruins as well. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But now, real quickly, before we get into our game review of the Tampa Bay Lightning Columbus Blue Jacket series, we want to take a quick commercial break to hear about the Siren Sounder podcast. This is all about the Carolina Hurricanes, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey there. Have you ever thought to yourself, I really like hockey and I'd love a show to listen to, but I also don't have enough nonsense in my life and questionable opinions. Ha. <laughs> I got the show for you, bud. And there's some really, really thirsty person in that group, okay, that will be like, I'll give you $7 for that lemonade. And the $2 person is like, whoa, okay, walking away. That person's crazy. That is exactly what happens in free agency all the time. And that is a really good metaphor. And if you don't appreciate it, put the phone down. Get out of here. We don't want you around. You can't say, hey, you tripped this guy, but also he dove. Well, if he dove, I didn't trip him. If you're a goalie, just, you know, chill. You don't have to do as much as you think you need to do. But also, we talk about hockey. So go check out Siren Sounder, a Canes podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. New episodes every Monday and after every playoff game during the playoffs. Let's go, Canes! All right, we're back, everyone. And if you guys liked the sound of the Siren Sounder podcast all about the Carolina Hurricanes... Make sure to go check them out anywhere you get your podcast under, of course, the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, Chase, let's now talk about our playoff series. We've uh, got really like two or two games in one. Yeah, maybe even three games in one, you know, close to three games in one uh, for that first game. And then, uh, of course, two more games afterwards. So uh, let's first get right into the uh, the first game of the series. This one, five overtimes. It's really boring. Yeah, for sure. And uh, pushed back the Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes game to the following morning, something uh, we haven't seen in forever. So um, let's talk about it, Chase. So I want to start off, hats off, Jonas Corposalo. He set the record for most saves in a playoff game. 
not of an all-time game, if I'm not mistaken. He didn't hit that mark from yeah. that old Red Wings game. He was close. Yeah. Uh, so he's made 85 saves and 88 shots. With a, um, equals a 966 save percentage, which is just like, stupid. The guy played 150 minutes, 26 seconds, and that he, he he worked his ass off. He was the best player on the ice that night, and it was it was pretty obvious to see. It sucks for him having a performance like that to go out and lose. You know, his team in front of him just did really not do enough at all. Generated a couple scoring chances, but really the whole overtime, all five of them, I thought it was pretty clearly Tampa dominating. Like, I didn't think at one point that Columbus was going to ever score and win the game. I always thought Tampa was going to win based on the way they were playing. Sure enough, they did. And now I want to talk about Seth Jones, who set the record for most ice time played by a player. He played... Over a full game, he played over 65 minutes, right? That's what the total ended up being? Yep. Yep, played just yeah, just over 65.06 is what he ended up getting. You know, that's astonishing. You saw him after the game. He looked like he could have played another full game. I, I don't get how you could have that much conditioning. But uh, he, he played a lot of minutes. He wasn't their best player that night, I don't think. I, th- I think he had some struggles. But when you're playing that much, you also can't expect him to be the best player on the ice. Uh, so, in general, you know, I still thought he looked good. Zach Rensky played 61 minutes. Can't forget about that, too. You know, all these guys played more minutes on both teams than they've, like, ever played before. You know, even looking at Tampa, we have, you know, guys getting into the 50 minutes. Victor Hedman played 57-38. We got 53-06 from Ryan McDonough. Almost 50 minutes. Uh, 49-19 from Mikhail Strakachev. That's a lot of ice time. It's a lot of playing to stay conditioned and... Like, just be able to hold up for that long is really astonishing to me. This was a really fun game to watch. It took up all day. It was, and I was not prepared for it. It was my dad's birthday. Uh, started watching, you know, 3 o'clock, just, just after lunchtime. And then I had to watch, kill four or five hours, then eat dinner, and then eat dessert, and then still kill another hour watching the rest of the game. It, it was just astonishing how long it took. I, I enjoyed every second of it, though, and it was even sweeter that we came out with the win. Thank you to Brain Point just turning around, firing the puck, and nipping. Dude, Braden Point has been phenomenal in playoffs. This game, obviously, we saw him last night as of when we were recording. He put up another tally. This this kid is phenomenal this year in the playoffs. You, and you saw it in the playing round that he was going to do this. Yeah. Or the round robin. It's, it's amazing because, obviously, we're missing Stamco still. So, having Braden Point step up... This big is just absolutely tremendous. But there's four players specifically that I want to talk about, and I know you're going to have a lot of praise for them too. Let's first go on the Columbus end, then we'll hit our Tampa Bay uh, Lightning player. So first, Gavrikov, Savard combined for 20 blocked shots. Uh, I don't even know what it was. Kucherov was firing piss missiles at them, and they were still somehow able to get their body in front of it. You know, a couple players were were getting hurt, and I even texted in the group chat that uh, I feel like the initiation for Tortorella's players to actually get ice time is you just have the whole team just fire 100 shots at someone and just absolutely destroy them because I don't get it. They're blocking so many shots they must have like a ton of scar tissue built up or something if they're not getting just broken bones, just injuries nonstop. I, absolutely phenomenal play by Gavrikov and Savard. Yeah, I I think Gavrikov's honestly their best player on the ice beside Jonas Corposalo in that game. He just looked tremendous. He was making all right defensive plays, not messing up. He was physical, blocking shots. That like Gavrikov and Savard both, yeah, they were tremendous. I was really kind of shocked. Savard and Gavrikov, they both were, you know, dash three on the on the night. So 
like you look at that in one game, it's like, oh, that's an issue. But they played three games worth, so really it's like dash one per game. It's, it's really not that bad. Uh, these guys played 40, 49 minutes for Gavrikov and then almost 52 for Savard. They never played anything close to that in their life. So the fact that these guys who really were, I don't want to say they're like depth guys on defense, but they kind of are at the same time. You know, like they're, they're their team's like fourth, fifth, sixth defenseman range, and they were just playing really well and did everything they could for that Columbus team where their forwards just kind of struggled. Absolutely, and then I wanted to get to our two uh, our two studs on the back end, Victor Hedman and Kale Sergachev. Both were able to tally an assist, uh, but these guys made play after play in the overtime. Uh, there was, like Chase was saying, it was pretty one sided with Tampa. However, whenever Columbus had a chance, it seemed like it was one of those really good big chances. However, Sergachev and Hedman had their sticks in the right position. Every single time. I, I think I counted three different scenarios where Sergachev was just able to get a stick in front of a shot of specifically Oliver Bjorkstrand, who had a tally for the Columbus Blue Jackets that night. He scored some weird goals. He somehow was just always in front of Bjorkstrand. Bjorkstrand could never get a clean shot because Sergachev just shut him down every time. And then we saw great plays out of Hedman, too. I think it was this game. I might be getting a mixed up. Let me know if I am. Uh, I think it was either Atkinson or Foodie flying down, had Hedman beat, but Hedman batted the puck out of the air, which would have gone right to the tape of the Columbus player on a breakaway. Yeah, I believe that was this game. So Hedman had amazing plays like that as well, and it's honestly such simple plays that you don't notice all the time, but these guys constantly make them, and they're huge game changers like we're seeing in the overtime periods. You know, Hedman makes it pretty clear to understand why he's the best defenseman in the league, and I don't really want to hear any argument for anybody else being better. He just does too much good and does nothing wrong. He is He's just so fun to watch. Defensemen aren't often fun to watch. He's a guy who is so fun to watch. He's so big, skates so fast, so strong, plays so well defensively, You know, makes these great plays, great shot. And then Mikhail Sergachev, who I really want to talk about in the segment, he does not get enough credit for being one of these great up-and-coming defensemen. Like, you've got Kale McCarr, you've got Quinn Hughes, you've got Miro Heiskin, you've got Rasmus Dahlin. Like, those four are great. But Sergachev, I'd say he's top five like in that, in that mix of players, too. He's, he's like, you know, a little bit older, probably not the same ceiling as those four players, but he's definitely got a top defenseman on a team ceiling. He looks really good on every centimeter of the ice. That Drew and Sergachev trade just looks better and better every game that we see Sergachev play. He looks more and more comfortable. He's learning from a guy like Victor Hedman who plays, you know, they play similar games. They got that really strong two-way game. They're both strong skaters, make the great first pass. You're not going to let a lot by him. Sergachev is just, he's looked so good these playoffs. He's looked so good through the season, and I'm just so excited to watch him the rest of his career because he could do some really tremendous things. Yeah, and I think the last two years, we've obviously known about Sergachev. We've obviously known about Braden Point and how amazing they are, how much potential they are, or they have, but... This playoff uh, round and the round robins as well, they have taken that next step. They have looked at a completely different level, and it's awesome to see. But, uh, Chase, let's now get on to the uh, second game. This one, unfortunately, did not swing our way as Yoni Corposalo again just absolutely stonewalled the boys. Uh, a 9.73 save percentage, only letting up. Third or only letting up one goal on 37 shots. So uh guy was an absolute stud. And if it continues, then 
this is going to be a long series. Yeah, you know, through two games, he's clearly like the best player in all the playoffs. To, like through the first two games for anybody, he is carrying this very average Columbus team to these like possibly you know like these like last year we, we saw what, what happened with Tampa. Obviously, let's not talk about it. Uh, so, but like it's he was show, showing signs of doing you know similar type of things this year where he's just gonna put the team on his back and dominate. And if he was like this in the regular season or even like a fraction of this, he'd be a top three goalie in the league. But it's just like, ah, oh, that's only doing it in the playoffs. But he did look really good. He looked just – he was ready to make every save. He didn't let up any, like, really juicy rebounds. He is just really – he's really smart as a goaltender. Uh, technically, like, there's still some work. But there's, you know, there's points where your knowledge of the game as a goalie is going to take over where you're going to be able to dominate. But then we'll see what's talking about in the next game where the technicality struggles a little bit. So this is a game Tampa lost. I didn't think Tampa looked good after the first, like, 10, 15 minutes or so. It, it was – pretty underwhelming in everybody's aspect. Vasilevsky lets in some goals that he should probably save. Uh, it's, it's just a, a performance I was really disappointed with. It was not a fun game to watch, in my opinion, and I was just hoping for more out of Game 3, and we'll talk about it here in a second. Yeah, and there's one player I want to mention on Columbus. We obviously are giving praise a lot to our Tampa Bay Lightning, but one player that I think has looked very good for Columbus and looked, again, great in this second game, and that's the rookie, Liam Foody. This guy has been an electric player for this Columbus Blue Jacket team. I didn't think he was going to be ready to just step in right away and have a big role. However, he's playing top-line minutes and playing very well when he gets those top-line minutes. He had a point in this game, and uh, it was on that nasty goal by Alexander Venberg. Um, so Liam Foody phenomenal player right now and if he continues this then who knows he might be seen as a uh, as a potential top line player in the NHL for years to come and Liam Foody is a guy that his draft year I was really like iffy on him you know he's this tremendous skater one of the best skaters in the NHL already so I, I get want to take a first round pick on that but the rest of his talents they just weren't first round to me he, he doesn't have like game breaking talent. He doesn't have a crazy shot, crazy hands. He doesn't do anything like really special except for skate really fast and think. But sometimes it's really all you need. Because if you can, if your brain can move as fast as your feet can when you're that fast, you're going to, even if your skill set's like average, you're going to get scoring chances. So having an above average skill set, you know, he's creating these plays offensively, defensively. Like he, he's impressive. Yeah, I'm surprised. It's, it's a guy that I was wrong about and. He does seem to be trending, you know, up and up. I don't know if he's got that first-line center potential personally. Uh, you know, if he's playing your second-line center, I think that's where you're better off. He's going to just really perform there. First line just might be a little too much for workload. Yeah, and I, I think right now he's playing on the wing with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yeah, and, I, I see uh, him. Yeah, I should say, I see him as a center for his, like, full career. Yeah, I, I, I think sure. that's where he flourishes. And right now, let's be honest, the Blue Jackets roster is kind of underwhelming when you look at pure talent-wise. So yeah. um, playing on the wing for him at uh, that first-line position. Well, good for him. Awesome. But, uh, you know, we'll see if he can get to that uh, that top-caliber player in the next coming years. Yeah. Uh, let's now move on to our third game. This was last night. And this one, another win, which is awesome. Uh, but, man, this is really going to be a long series. It, it really is. That that Killorn goal was just it was fancy. You know, I really enjoyed watching that one. Uh, I'm going to be honest. So we, like, this game was on while we were drafting, so I did my best to pay attention, so I still focus on our, our fantasy draft that we had going last night a little bit. Um, don't know if we mentioned that in this episode or, last, or WNP, but, yeah, we did a fantasy football draft last night, so it's kind of pulling double duty. Uh, I, I got, made sure to watch all the goals, and I tried to watch as much of the rest of the game as I could. 
you know, I th- thought we looked good as a whole. Brain point, yet again, as you mentioned, put up another goal. Victor Hedman getting in the score sheet. And then that Kaloran goal, I just thought was just great patience, great timing, just a great read. You know, he's a guy who really came into his own this year after being someone I was kind of critical of coming into the season. You know, he's just looking good in these playoffs too as well. This team just had a much better performance in this game compared to game two. If you can carry this momentum into game four and five, then this could be – they have the potential to make this like a five-game series win. Uh, but I predicted – this is the only series, by the way, in the first round that I predicted to go seven games in our playoff, in the playoff bracket. Yeah. for what it's worth. And Corpusalo, even though he let up three goals, he still was – pretty damn good and he had uh 31 saves on 34 shots and if we just look at uh like chase was saying we weren't able to catch every minute of uh this game but if we just look at the stats in general the lightning had 34 shots on goal that doubled the blue jackets 17 yep and uh the blue jackets also had 24 blocks compared to our only nine so uh we had the better chances we were putting the puck uh, towards the net way more often, and that's really what got us this win. And it was only a 3-2 to two win, which shows how scrappy this Columbus Blue Jacket team is, uh, which shows why you preferred Toronto uh, over the Columbus Blue Jackets in this first series. Um, yeah, I think Toronto could have been a, like a 4-5 or five game series win. Could have been, Tampa. for sure. Um, so that's where we're at right now. We are up two games to one. Our next game is tomorrow, I believe. Monday. Uh, yep. Yeah, so... It, well, yeah, it'd be tonight yeah. if you're uh, listening. 3 o'clock Eastern time. So today when you're listening. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's where we're standing. Hopefully we can uh, rip off a series win the next time we talk to you guys. The next time we talk to you guys uh, will actually be – it will be next Monday when you hear it. However, Chase and I are going out of town, so we're going to record on Thursday. So we might miss uh, one or two games there at the end, but hopefully we can just – rip this series win in uh, the next two games, so then we can just talk about it uh, as if we're going into the next round. But, uh, Chase, before we uh, get to the last segments of the day, I kind of want to talk about teams that uh, or, or series in general that have kind of not gone the way we expected. And I'll start it off first right now. The Islanders just beat the Capitals in overtime to give the Islanders a 3 to nothing series lead over the Capitals. Didn't expect this. No. Nope. Uh, Barry Trotz really trying to uh, kind of get some comeuppance on uh, his old team, which, I mean, he won the Stanley Cup with the Caps, so it's not like there's hard feelings or anything, but you always want to beat your former team. So uh, Barry Trotz doing a really nice job over the Capitals right now. Yeah, I mean, he's known as one of the better coaches in the league. He plays a very defensively structured game. You're not going to get that offensive flair. A 2-1 overtime win just kind of proves that. A lot of their wins are all low scoring. It's very boring hockey, but it's very efficient and very winning hockey. To go 3-0, up 3-0 on the Caps is a pretty impressive feat because even, you know, just coming coming in cold, just like how this whole playoff scenario, no one knew what to expect, that what that Capitals roster, excuse me, is still very talented, still has Alexander Ovechkin, still Nick Backstrom, still John Carlson, still Evgeny Skuznetsov. So that's, that's not an easy team to just go 3-0 against, so I'm really shocked with that as well. Yeah, for sure. And then why don't we quickly mention the Blues and Canucks as the Canucks are beating the current Stanley Cup champs two games to nothing. And then the Flames and the Stars are uh, at a 2-1 series with the Flames leading that one. Their game is currently tied 1-1. to The Flames could get a 3-1 advantage over the Stars. Which I did not expect. Just here in the next, you know, two hours or so. So um, definitely crazy. Definitely didn't expect 
either of those going that way, but what are your, some of your thoughts on that? Oh, I agree. The Canucks one is very unexpected, and the Canucks being up 2-0. The Flame Stars, I picked the Stars to win, but I still thought there was a chance that the Flames should uh, slightly edge the one, but I thought it would be like a 6-7 game series. So to be where they're at right now is a little surprising. And then another series that I do want to mention really quick, though, just last one, the Vegas Golden Knights are up 3-0. I thought the Vegas was going to like beat the Chicago team, but I don't know. I just thought they were going to struggle a little more. I thought it was going to go six games, but Vegas is just looks so much better. Chicago has just not even like looked like they should be in the playoffs, like like they shouldn't have. Yeah, you know normally. Absolutely. But like so, there, a lot of these series, um, even if the the outcome is what I've been expecting so far, the performance hasn't quite been what I've expecting. And then some of these, obviously, the outcome is very different. Yeah, for sure. And honestly. Like, I would agree. I'm surprised that Vegas is just absolutely handling Chicago the way that they are. But when I think back now and just think about that Chicago Edmonton series, both teams look terrible. Yeah. I mean, we saw it from the get go in that first game. Both teams were very underwhelming. Neither team looked like they were a playoff team. And, you know, Col- or Chicago beats um, Edmonton. And now Chicago is really just getting slaughtered out there. So. Uh, it is what it is, but um, you know some of those are, are a little surprising. But at the same time, you got you got some that are expected, like our Tampa Bay Lightning being yeah. over the Columbus Blue Jackets. But exactly. uh, yeah, all right, Chase. Let's now move on to uh, a new poll that we have for this uh, upcoming Twitter sode. Whatever that means, Twitter sode. So this this episode is going to kind of come full circle. First thing we talked about was the playoff format not going to continue into next season. As fans, would you guys like to see this playoff format continue into future seasons, or would you rather see it revert back to what it was? So I'll, it'll be written out, like, would you like to see this playoff format continue? It'll be yes or no, uh, and then leave a response as to why. Maybe you want to see something different. Maybe you want to see, like, kind of what I recommended, just two extra teams per side make it and fight for those last two spots. You know, if you want to see something like that, just let us know. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be just a simple two-option yes or no with the option to reply to us as well. Exactly. All right, Chase, let's now do Hockey Name of the Day. Uh, I'm assuming you got another one that's a, a very good one for me. Always, always good. All right. So we have Ruslan Akhmetvaliev. I mean, I don't know why you need to pronounce it like Akhmetvaliev. Like, it's Ruslan Akhmetvaliev. So, like, you're, you're pretty much on track, but you decided to put your own flair on it. It made it sound True. stupid. True. But, you know, our boy Ruslan plays for this. I can do the names in Russian. I can never do the teams because the cities are just ridiculous. So, let's go here. He plays for Sakhalinskaya Akuli in nice. the MHL, which is... Nice. Which Who's is, doing hockey the name of the day yeah, now? Yeah. <laughs> Team name of the day. Yeah, I, I'm out on that one. Uh, but, yeah, he, he that's pretty much the Russian Junior League. He played last season uh, as a 20-year-old. Just... Uh, under a point per game, 47 points in 62 games. You know, he'll probably make the jump to the VHL, which is like their version of the American Hockey League. Maybe he'll go play in another country. But nothing like special in terms of a prospect. Never really played for Russia internationally. But just, you know, those stupid, fun Russian names just with, like, that many freaking syllables, A-K-H-M, next to each other. Like, how does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, or I've not been, syllables, consonants. I've been super interested in... Uh... You know, Russia in general recently, I've been doing some research on um, the, gosh, what, why can't I think of their names right now? 
The Romanovs? Yes, the Romanov family and the Romanov dynasty. So um, some cool stuff to look back. You know, I'm, uh, I like history a little bit. Um, yeah. So, and gosh, Russia is just fascinating, especially with all those fancy names. Uh, all right, that's it for the episode. Chase, why don't you hit us with an outro? As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to become a patron on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, you know, just like start as low as a dollar goes up from there. Just showing that level of commitment shows that you guys want more content from us and gives us, you know, the drive and the ability to create some more things. So if you could do that, we'd really appreciate it. If you could follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, that's at Bolts Broadcast. While you're at it, follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That is at HockeyPodNet. Make sure you get in on those giveaways that they're pretty much always going on. Uh, check out the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. You can find all 31 podcasts plus all the specialty podcasts right there. Boom, just click the logo. Listen on SoundCloud, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, rate us five stars. Leave a comment, send us your questions, comments, concerns via Twitter, email, write me a letter. I, if you find my phone number, you can give me a call. I don't know. We'll, just figure something out. I'll post it out there somehow. There you go. Uh, and quick update. Five minutes ago, it was one-to-one in the Calgary-Dallas game. It is now two to two. Oh yes, it is. I just looked down at my phone. So that, that very interesting. Indeed, we'll, we'll have to uh, check out some of that action here when we uh, log off. So, uh, thanks again, guys, for coming out and listening. Uh, make sure to stay interactive with us. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>